This is Retirement Roadmap Radio with Mark Fricks of Master Plan Retirement Consultants. Listen in as we address your retirement concerns and provide insight to help put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, Retirement Roadmap Radio. Hi folks, welcome back to Retirement Roadmap with Master Plan Retirement Consultants. I'm Evan and with me as always, financial advisor and retirement planner, Mark Fricks. We're doing things a bit differently today. Throughout our seminars, our webinars, and client interactions, we are naturally asked many questions ranging across the retirement spectrum. We've gathered some of the more common questions that folks seem to have and have decided to host a Q&A episode uh, of Retirement Roadmap today. So we plan on hosting Q&A episodes in the future. So if you have a retirement question that you'd like answered, please feel free to email us at info at masterplanretire.com. That's info at masterplanretire.com and we will be sure to include that in an upcoming episode of Q&A. So Mark, uh, how are you feeling? You feeling spry? Um, I'm great. You know, we used to call these kind of shows, we get mail. Yeah. <laughs> so, we get uh, now we get email, I guess. I don't know, or text or tweets or something. I'm not sure yeah. what. But anyhow, yeah, I love these episodes because there's so many wide ranging questions and there's something you're going to learn from today because we're talking about so many different things. So uh, I say we get it kicked off. All right. Well, let's jump right in. I've got these sectioned off topically. Uh, we're going to jump right into IRAs and qualified money Great. first. Uh, first question Is there a penalty for taking money out of my IRA before I retire? Uh, okay. So that, that's, uh, that's an interesting question because many people think the word retirement means that's when you turn on Social Security or that's when you take money out of an IRA. Retirement has nothing to do with it. I know people that have retired at age 50 and 55. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You can't take money out of an IRA at age 55. Well, you can, but you get a penalty, 10% on top of the tax. So uh, whether you are retired or not, if if you're 59 and a half and still working, you can take money out of your IRA or 401k typically and no penalty but you do pay taxes, okay? So there's no, no nothing to do with retirement. It has all to do with age. So age 59 and a half. There is one little caveat there. Some 401ks, in fact, most 401ks, and also the thrift savings plan with the government will actually allow you, if you've retired, to take money out of your retirement account at work before 59 and a half without a penalty. So people that don't understand that or maybe don't work with government workers that roll that whole TSP over at retirement, they've now created a penalty zone. Mm. And so we try to leave a little bit of money in that account so that if they need liquidity between then and age 59 and a half, they don't have a penalty. So again, it's these little things that people that that don't have the experience, that don't have the knowledge, that haven't been around as long as you and I have, as long as our firm has, and as long as I've been in this business, will miss that kind of stuff. So just be cautious with that. This next question sounds a little bit like someone's trying to do some at-home tax planning. (laughs) Um, If you take money out of an IRA, and invest in a municipal bond, is the money withdrawn taxed at the same rate? Yes. Okay. So um, as people may or may not know, municipal bonds have a little bit of a tax efficiency to them. They're not tax-free, they're tax efficient. Uh, But by putting that into an IRA, you're not solving any problems because the IRA is already protecting it on a tax-deferred basis. Uh, So it doesn't matter what you put in that IRA, it's going to be taxed as you take it out. Same thing with the Roth. If you put municipal bonds into a Roth, uh, they're going to grow tax-free and come out tax-free. So so the benefit of the municipal bond is really lost in putting it into a qualified account. So we rarely will do that. Uh, if somebody's got a, a chunk of money that they want easy access to, uh, but also want to, you know, 
minimize the taxes, we may use the municipal bonds. But uh, the rules that govern are the rules over the IRA or the Roth, uh, not what the municipal bonds follow. Uh, there are a couple of angles to look at this question, and I think they're almost asking it reverse of how you explained it. To take money out of an IRA and invest it into a municipal bond is... I, yeah, I think before I did that, I would convert it to a Roth. Yeah. Uh, again, you're not making it completely tax-free and tax-deferred. There's still tax implications. So if you're going to go to that problem of paying taxes by taking that money out of an IRA and putting it into a municipal bond, you might as well pay those taxes to convert it to a Roth. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting question because, yeah, you can see it both ways. Yeah. So, and yeah. the, there, I can't remember exactly. There, there's no regulation that says you can't put a municipal bond no. in an IRA, but it it is it, no purpose. useless, right? Yeah. yeah. And, the two negate each other, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so, question number three. What do you think of lump sum pension versus pension annuity? Is rollover, is a rollover, is rollover IRA, I should have uh, proofread these a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Is a rollover IRA from lump sum pension a good investment when you are retired? Okay, so what they're asking is, is, is many times, you know, there's not a lot of pensions left. And some of those pensions that are left you have to take them as a monthly check, just like Social Security. World's biggest uh, annuity is what? Social Security is a pension. Uh, so, but some companies and some systems still will say, okay, we'll either give you $1,000 a month, as an example, or we'll give you $100,000 lump sum, and we're done, and you can roll that into your own IRA. So which is better? It depends. Mm -hmm. It depends. It depends on what that payment is. It depends on what options they have. Uh, some of these uh, pensions don't have too many options. They may say, uh, if you die, you lose it. If you die early, you know, if you live a long time, you get more. Um, whereas if you roll it to your IRA, you've got more options. Uh, also, maybe you don't need the pension immediately. And so maybe they want you to t take it when you retire, but you don't need it for five years for whatever reason. Well, it's better to roll it to your own IRA and let it grow for a while and then turn it on. So there's so many different answers. Uh, I've seen probably 80% of the time it's better to roll the lump sum to your IRA because you have control over it. If you've got a pension annuity from an old company, um, you know, what if they go bankrupt and the pension plan goes bankrupt? I'd, I'd kind of like to have my money now. And that way, I'll, whatever happens to you guys is your problem. You know, and there's a pension benefit guarantee program from the government, but typically only pay 60 cents of the dollar. So do you want a 40% cut in your in your pension? So every situation is different, but, but that's the things we think about when we're looking at that situation. How common is it to have the option to roll your pension out? Um, a good bit, actually. Okay. I'd you know, I, I hate to put a percentage on it, but I'd say the majority of the time, for sure, 75, 80% of the time, okay. they will give a pension lump sum option. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, this moves us into Roths and Roth conversions. Love them. Why aren't there Roth options in my 401k? How can I contribute to a Roth? Okay, first of all, there probably are Roth options in your 401k, so you need to ask. Uh, and the best place to ask is not your HR but is to take your 401k statement and call the 800 number at the top because they have the plan documents in their computer system and they are knowledgeable. I'm not saying your HR department's not, but I know that HR is some of the last departments to get training, some of the last departments to, to, to staff. And so just pick up that phone, call the number on your 401k statement and say, hey, is there a Roth part to my 401k? And I bet you nine times out of 10 there is, and you just don't know about it. 
Okay, so that's the first thing I tell people is check with your company first. Uh, what was the second part of that question? How, How can, can I contribute? To yeah, that? So it comes out of your paycheck just like uh, your 401k comes out. Okay, so one thing to remember, um, let's say you're putting in 5% and your company matches 5%. So you can put that 5% into traditional or Roth or split it however you want, but their match is going to go in, into the traditional part. Now that law has changed mm -hmm as of January 1st of this year. However, most companies have not changed their plans yet to match that law, and they don't necessarily have to. So just kind of keep an eye on what your company, maybe they'll send out a memo or something, but I tell you what, if your company starts matching to that Roth, I would snatch that up, unless there's yeah. some kind of a penalty, or maybe they say, well, instead of matching five, we'll match three. Well, then we need to run some numbers maybe, but the, I would love it if they start doing that. And we also have clients who choose to not contribute to the Roth portion of their 401k and open a Roth outside of that. Just more control, as you said earlier, more options. Better, better management, because we can actively manage it uh, using computer algorithms on a daily basis, whereas your 401k is probably not even being managed. It's yeah. probably a lump of mutual funds, uh, and they're going to go up and down with the market typically. So um, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, if you're over age 50, you can put up to $7,500 a year into your personal Roth, even if you're contributing at work, yeah. okay? And so that's another discussion we have with, the, with our clients. And that is to say, it's also a case-by-case -case basis. You wouldn't, you would make sure that they are doing that secondary as long as they're covering the matching Absolutely. amount from the company first. Never want to lose the match. Right. Yeah. Um, in my 401k contributions, I'm currently putting 10% pre-tax and 5% in a Roth. Is that a good ratio? <laughs> um, that's like saying your perfect weight is 185. <laughs> Every situation is different, so I don't know, okay? I can tell you this, if I could afford it from a standpoint of my paycheck being smaller, mm -hmm. because the more you put into the Roth, the less you get in your paycheck because you lose a deduction, I would put 100% in the Roth or whatever, 100% of what you can put in the Roth, right? right? I would do everything I could in the Roth because now you are not under the thumb of the IRS. No matter what your tax rate is in retirement, that Roth money is untaxable. And so I would, you know, if you're doing 5% in Roth and 5% in traditional, maybe test the waters. Change it to 4 and 6%. 6% uh, being the Roth and see what it does to your paycheck. Maybe it lowers it about 20 bucks. You're like, Okay, let's try three and seven, and now let's try two and eight or whatever. That's what I'll tell people a lot of times, because if you suddenly switch to a Roth, your paycheck's going to get dinged, mm -hmm. and you may or may not be able to afford that. Yeah, but again, maximize that match. Get that free money. Oh, yep. Yep. Uh, do you recommend converting to a Roth or tax-free account all at once or incrementally? I typically prefer incrementally, because if you convert a big chunk of money, it's going to most likely change your tax bracket and maybe two or three levels. And so we have expertise, we have spreadsheets, we have software, we have know-how that we can kind of help judge each year what you can afford to convert to a Roth and not put you into a, a, a tax bracket that you will be sorry about. Now, I've got clients that say, hey, I don't mind hitting the next one, but I don't want to hit the one after that or mm -hmm. whatever. Every situation is different. Um, but I, I prefer over time. Now, this is the time crunch we're under. Uh, the Trump tax cuts expire at the end of 2025. Mm -hmm. And so anything you do after that time is probably going to be taxed at a higher rate. So if you convert after December 31st, 2025, uh, unless Congress takes action, that's kind of a joke, by the way, unless Congress <laughs> takes action, that's going to sunset and automatically taxes will go up. 
And so then it becomes more expensive to convert to a Roth. So if you're listening to this, get in here now. Let's let's get what we can over the next two and a half years, and then we'll cross the bridge after 2025 when we come to it. Great. Um, quick note, uh, we want to mention our website, masterplanretire.com. Uh, go there to schedule your complimentary consultation with Mark. Um, again, that's completely complimentary. It's an opportunity for you to ask him your personal retirement questions, an opportunity to have some reports ran for you. Um, get a 30,000 foot view of your own personal retirement, uh, masterplanretire.com or check out our website or excuse me, our phone number 770-980-9262. Uh, one more question on the Roths and conversions. We actually just got this one last night in a webinar. Mm -hmm. It was a really good question in the, in the moment. As you look to convert from traditional IRAs to Roth, if you don't have the cash to pay the conversion taxes readily available, I have been told it's not a good idea to take the taxes out of the traditional IRA. Do the upfront taxes need to always come from your savings? So um, having the taxes deducted during the conversion, so let's say you have 100000 in your IRA, and we've decided to convert 100000 to a Roth, okay? And if you withhold the taxes from the conversion, let's say we withhold 20%, you're ending up with 80,000 in your Roth. You've reduced your retirement assets. Now, I would say if you can't afford the taxes out of pocket, or maybe even half of them, then I wouldn't stop that, let that stop you from doing the Roth conversion, but it is better. I wouldn't say it's wrong or bad, but it is better to pay as much as you can out of pocket. Um, and you can do that on a quarterly estimate. You can do it at April 15th or whatever, uh, maybe a little bit of a, at a time or, or you know, whatever might work. But uh, the, most you, the more you can convert without withholding taxes, the more is in that new Roth. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to move on to Social Security questions. Ah. Um, here's the big one. When should you apply? <laughs> uh, well, one answer would be the day you need it. <laughs> I think that is the answer. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's actually not the complete answer, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, first of all, so many people come to me uh, when we're meeting with them and maybe they're getting ready to work with us. And I'll say, so what's your desired retirement date? And I'll hear uh, 66 and 10 months. So I immediately know they've planned their retirement based on their full retirement age. Well, first of all, I don't necessarily think it's the best time to take your Social Security as full retirement age. You wait another two or three years, you're going to get 24 to 32% uh, more in, in your Social Security check. Um, so the best time to take it, I don't care how many articles you read, they all, they're all going to say something different because they all have their own slant, but also because they're talking to an audience that has one million different needs. And so, you know, why would you take it later? So it will get bigger, maybe spend some of your IRA money down between now and age 70 since it's less taxable now than it will be later. Social Security is less taxable later. Save it for later. That's a good reason to wait. Um, uh, if, you, uh, if you're a husband and wife, one of you passes away, the other one gets a survivor benefit. That's the larger of the two. Well, if you let one of them grow all the way to age 70, that could be $50,000 a year. And so by waiting and then one of you passes away, you're getting a bigger check. So lots of different reasons to wait. What are some reasons not to wait? Um, maybe, maybe your life expectancy is not that great. You know, maybe you're not that healthy. Maybe you've been diagnosed with something. Um, this is something I get sometimes. 
Mark, I want my money now. <laughs> so I said, well, it's your money. Uh, some people mistakenly say, well, I'm afraid Social Security won't be around. Later on, I want to grab it now. Well, if it's not around, it's not going to be around, whether you're getting it now or later, okay? Uh, it's just like that pension plan up in Pennsylvania that was going broke. Um, everybody in that pension plan, past, future, present, lost 40% of their check. Some of them had been on their pension for 20 years. They got a 40% pay cut because it was going broke. So don't think because you go ahead and take it. That should not be a reason. Um, so there's not, a, there's not a best age. What you need is you need a Social Security maximization report to start with, and then we incorporate that into an income plan, taking into account other sources of income, needs, wants, goals, desires, what do you want to be doing in the next five years, and then the five years after that. All of that has to come into play. That was, I, that was my short answer, by the way. Okay, good. I'm glad I didn't ask for the long one. Um, if I am retired at 68, if I have a part-time job at $26 an hour for 29 hours, does it affect my Social Security? I guess we're going to have to do some math on this one. No, not at all, because they're 68. There you go. Okay, it's once like you reach full retirement age. a trick question on the, on the SAT. That's right. Once you reach full retirement age, and for me, that's 67. I was born in 1960. Uh, I have a birthday coming up for those that care. Um, so once you reach full retirement age, you can make as much money as you want. Okay. In fact, the year you turn that age, you can make uh, up to 50-something thousand until your birthday and then unlimited after that. Uh, the next year, unlimited. So math doesn't matter. Now, if you're under full retirement age, the number is this year's 20400 and something dollars that you can earn. Don't get confused by that. Not, not, not money you're taking out of your IRA, not money coming from Social Security, just earnings. A 1099 or W-2, you're limited to $20,440, whatever it is. Uh, over that, you don't, you, know, you don't get punished, but you lose a dollar of Social Security for every $2 um, that you earn over that amount. Uh, but after full retirement age, so this person being 68, they're definitely over full retirement age. They can make a million dollars a year if they want to, no problem. I am 62 years old and retired from a school system and I worked a second job. I've paid in my full 40 quarters. Why am I not able to collect my full social security since I am getting a pension? Okay, so what this individual is referring to, first of all, is he's, uh, once you pay in 40 quarters into the social security system or 10 years, and it's a minimum amount, it's not a lot, then you qualify for social security benefits one day, okay? So he's worked enough, or she, to qualify for Social Security, and they start getting a statement, okay? The problem is this, is some of his work, in fact, the majority of his work uh, was for a, you said school system? Mm -hmm. Okay, some school systems, some governments, some other entities that are government-related, um, they had the choice of paying into Social Security or putting that extra money into your pension. So if they're not paying into Social Security, even though he's got enough credits, he's going to get a reduced amount of Social Security. The problem is Social Security won't tell you that. It doesn't show up on your statement. So it doesn't show up until you start applying. Now, we can run a report and kind of show you what that would be, but it could be up to, I think, a 40% reduction in your... So if you think you can get $1,000 a month on top of your pension from Social Security, you may only get five or $600 a month. So you need to be aware. It's called a WEP, 
a windfall elimination provision. It also applies to spouses. So if I'm getting a WEP, a reduced amount, and I die and my spouse takes my benefit as a survivor, hers is reduced too. That's called a GPO. So if someone has the opportunity to change school systems to work for, how would they, first of all, find out whether or not their school system pays into it or well hopefully uh, pays, pays into social, social security. security well hopefully when you get a job you ask questions like that what's your what's your benefit program well we have a big pension uh, but we don't do pay you think that security. they would mention that when you ask them about their benefits i, I know it's a little bit of dreaming but <laughs> <laughs> that's um ask okay that's the first thing um i mean i know in this area who does and who doesn't yeah. right so but that's a question to ask what's my benefit program and do you pay into social security uh, if they don't, you might want to think twice about that because yeah. it's it's going to reduce. Now, you'll get a theoretically have a bigger pension because they're putting that money into your pension program. So which is better? I, I don't know. I'd have to do some real math on about 100 different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also seen and heard where people say, well, if you go back to work for a school system for three years or more that does pay into Social Security, it can help alleviate that. I've not seen proof of that. I've been told that. I'm still waiting for proof of that. I'm not quite sure why that would work unless Social Security only looks back three years or something. Um, But that's a whole realm. That's why we do such a great job with with teachers and government employees because we understand that. Well, it's and unfortunately, it's way more common than you'd like to think. We have new clients come in uh, who are teachers and had they put 30 years in somewhere and they Mm -hmm. had no idea that this applied. Yep. Yep. So, because you keep getting a statement that shows a full amount, yeah. and you plan your retirement based on that. All right. Yep. Um, what happens if you are married after collecting Social Security for a few years and then pass away? Will your spouse be eligible to receive your larger amount? So I think they're asking if they're married after they're already collecting Social Security. So they're already cor- collecting Social Security, then they get married. What happens then? They, uh, once they're married, I believe it's two years, then two years. they qualify to uh, receive a survivor's benefit. So if, if, uh, if my Social Security is 40000 my spouse is uh, 50000 or my fiancé, and we get married, uh, once we're married, I think it's two years, then I pass away or she passes away, the other one gets the larger of the two. All right. Uh, We're running pretty short on time, so I want to see if I can find some general questions that might apply. Well, here's a very general one. (laughs) How does one gauge whether or not they have enough to retire? What percentage of gross should we use for a high-cost area? Yeah, it's simple. Go to (laughs) masterplanretire.com and push the schedule a meeting button because we will run the reports and we will do uh, an extensive discussion with you. want to find out your dreams, your goals, where you're going to be living, your concerns, your worries, and we'll be able to put together the reports that say, yeah, you got enough money or, hey, you're going to have an income gap. We've got to fix that. Perfect. Um, folks, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We've got plenty of more questions, so it looks like we're going to have part a two. part two coming up <laughs> in the near future. Um, masterplanretire.com. That is our website. Check it out. Multiple retirement resources, retirement checklist, um, links to our podcast 
the YouTube page, all of the above. Most importantly, a schedule now button. Schedule your complimentary consultation with Mark. That can be Zoom, that can be over the phone, that can be face-to-face -face in office if you're, uh, if you're nearby. We would love to see you and just chat and uh, hopefully give you some information that you can take away and, uh, and help you in your retirement planning. Our phone number is 770-980-9262. And for this episode specifically and future Q&As, um, if you have any retirement questions, that you'd like to see featured, please email us at info at masterplanretire.com. Here it is right here. Al, you take care of that for <laughs> us in post. Um, yeah, make sure you visit the website, bookmark it, because it is a treasure trove of educational materials. We are holistic planners. So it's got everything from income planning to social security planning to legacy planning to tax planning. There are 12 different areas we look at. So visit the website, masterplanretire.com. And until we see each other again, remember... Plan well and prosper. Take care. This was Retirement Roadmap Radio with Mark Fricks of Master Plan Retirement Consultants. To schedule a complimentary consultation, go to masterplanretire.com or call 770-980-9262. Thanks for listening and remember, plan well and prosper. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services offered through Master Plan Retirement Consultants, a registered investment advisor in the state of Georgia. Mark Fricks and Master Plan Retirement Consultants are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.